Well, hello, dear listeners. It is I, once again, DJ Starsage, coming to you from Chateau Starsage. It is a Tuesday evening, and Hubby has worked a late shift. So I've just waited and said goodnight, because, well, he has to work bright and early in the morning. <laughs> so, how are you? What have you been up to? Shall we take a moment to catch up? Stay tuned for the next installment of Surely You Jest, the day-to-day life of a modern-day jester. I hope that you've been keeping tabs on loved ones, that you've been mindful of others, and you've been responsible with your social distancing as... We aren't quite out of the woods just yet, but there are better days coming and improvements on their way. When uh, last we talked the other week, I had met up with my co-worker, my friend Mario, who I hadn't seen in person in about a year since we were sent home to work. We enjoyed a little, nice little lunch out at a cafe, and of course uh, everybody was responsible with their masks, there was proper distancing, and half the tables in the dining room were closed to seating, and the staff was quick to clean up after the last guest, last patron, with sanitizing, And uh, it was a place that I had been before. It has good food at reasonable prices. And I remember that I had that afternoon a wrap sandwich. It was uh, a Vermont turkey is what they called it at least. It was a, I think it was a roast turkey sandwich that had a sharp cheddar cheese and... um, it had the cranberry raisins, the craisins. Now, I know that's not some of your cup of tea out there, but you know I'm uh, not a very picky person at all. I eventually climbed out of that high chair, and there isn't really much that I dislike. So, um, the Vermont turkey wrap was quite tasty, and I think that my uh, my lunch companion there, Mario, had a salad of some sort. I forget the details, but uh, anyways, we were there to meet up, and I was to return his gently used uh, MacBook. It was an 07 MacBook that he had, well, he had uh, acquired through a um, an estate that was being settled uh, a neighbor and essentially it was sort of a swap meet kind of scenario anyways um, he was quite thankful because of course uh, the previous owner had since passed on and he was not able to make use of that computer until it had been reset so I was able to, to get it set up for him and despite it having a dysfunctional, yes, 
like many things in life, <laughs> not properly working, or at all really, um, disk drive on it. Uh, a CD, DVD drive. In, in the Macintosh world, they call it a slot drive. Because it's, uh, you know, it's like the um, CD player you might have had in your car. You know, the kind that uh, has a little slot. You put the disc in at the very edge and it grabs hold and pulls it in like a conveyor belt. Well, this was not working on uh, Mario's MacBook, unfortunately. So it's pretty much an ultra book at this point, which is the variety that they sell nowadays without uh, a, an external drive or a DVD drive. It's just basically a screen with a keyboard on top of a circuit board inside to make it uh, as thin as possible. And um, well, you know, I may talk a little more about that later, but... Uh, so we had a nice little lunch. I returned his computer to him, and we went off on our merry way, and about a week later, um, I was fortunate enough that uh, our friends Trapper and Quincy, who we became acquainted with last year, they're a, a New York City transplant couple. They, they moved out here to the wilds of Oslo, to escape the rat race and perhaps some of the stress of the life in the big city. And, well, they work in healthcare and they were able to help us both set up our appointments for our vaccinations. So I managed to get myself in and get myself, uh, you know, shot up. <laughs> and I will say that my experience was that it was no different than an ordinary flu shot. You know, in all honesty, some folks make a bigger deal about these things than they need to be. And okay, sure, maybe um, if the vaccination you receive has two doses, uh, it's possible that your second injection will have a stronger reaction. But, you know... Um, at least it's worth the price of admission because uh, without it, we wouldn't have much hope to returning to the world as it used to be. <laughs> On the other side of that plastic bubble, if you've seen the uh, John Travolta movie from the 70s where he was a, a fragile man who had to be confined because he was allergic to basically life itself <laughs> so i am for one glad to have been the benefactor of modern medicine and uh, as hubby works in a position with shop around the corner that uh, puts him in contact with the public i'm glad to say that he has received both of his vaccinations so he's no longer at risk and ironically uh, while we thought that Mama Billy wouldn't be a candidate to receive a vaccination because, well, she is a lady of a certain age, as they say, and uh, she has a heart condition, we thought maybe they would, her doctors, would uh, try to discourage her from uh, taking the risk. But uh, as it is, she lives in an assisted living community and... The others of a similar age don't seem to be as mindful 
with uh, certain observations of uh, <laughs> uh, decorum, perhaps I should say. Okay, so they were coming to her door, as neighbors do sometimes, especially if uh, you're of a certain generation, you know, you talk to your neighbors. Well, she had neighbors who would, um, unbeknownst to them, you know, forget their manners and come to her door offering her leftovers because maybe uh, a friend or a family member had come by and visited and, well... It's like a scene out of a horror movie when a stranger comes to your door without a mask these days and Mama Billy would be on the other side of the peak hole as it's an apartment that she lives in. And well, let's just say she took it upon herself to track down one of these vaccinations (laughs) because uh, just within her apartment building alone, there were half a dozen positive test cases, so it was uh, probably better that uh, she sought out some immunity, because, well, we can't risk uh, her being exposed with uh, the uh, concerns that she has right now. Well, what have I been doing to pass the time, you ask? Between uh, recordings with my co-host, over there at Matinee Minutia. I've been uh, catching up on some programs that I've been meaning to watch. There is a mini-series that was produced by HBO a few years back, and uh, it chronicles the events of the uh, catastrophe that took place in the explosion of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in the former Soviet Union. Now, I was just a wee lad when uh, this event occurred in the uh, mid-80s. So, although I did live through that part of history, it uh, wasn't until I was closer to my age than I am that I was able to appreciate, to understand, to put things into perspective of the horribleness of those events. And, uh, you know, even though for some of you that seems like forever ago, especially if you uh, entered this world a little more recently than myself, (laughs) um, well, you know, in, in that day, people didn't seem to understand the seriousness of exposure to something like nuclear radiation. Everybody was basically told that it's safe, that you are protected from this, and well, of course, uh, it's uh, long ago now, but as history tells us, people were dispatched to the power plant because there was a fire. And everybody just assumed that, oh, it's a power plant. And they didn't think it's not just an ordinary power plant. So, much in the same way that uh, the reality of um, germs and viruses uh, seem to elude some of the world in today's age, today's age, the 21st century. Uh, People back then 
didn't understand the seriousness and the danger of radiation poisoning. So it's quite interesting to watch this series, Chernobyl, on HBO. It's a, I believe it was a four or five part miniseries. And uh, the creative talent behind this production really did a good job to make you feel as though you were witnessing the events as they occurred. The uh, acting is well done. The setting is very believable. Uh, I'm assuming that there was some location filming. But one of the things that I enjoyed most about it is uh, there was a familiar face in the series. Um, The actor Jared Harris plays one of the lead characters. He's a Soviet scientist who is tasked with uh, unearthing the cause behind the disaster. And uh, he is played by Jared Harris, who some of you may recognize from a sci-fi series that I discussed earlier in the year, The Expanse. And more recently, he was on the Netflix series, The Crown, in the first season, where he played Queen Elizabeth's father. I believe his name was King George. I probably have that first name wrong. But uh, Elizabeth's father, who passed away at an early age, causing her to become a young queen uh, in the 50s. So definitely, uh, if you enjoy dramatic presentations, if you enjoy history, check out the Chernobyl miniseries on HBO. Also, I recently, we recently, uh, decided to finally watch a film that we had bought a used copy of at one of those rental vending machines. This was a movie done just uh, a a handful of years ago, maybe only a couple of years ago. And it's technically a sequel, although it was actually written by the original author of the first story. Now, some of you may remember the other year, uh, Toppy Smelly and I did a special episode of Matt and Name Misha during the holidays about the Stanley Kubrick 1980 film The Shining starring Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. Well, I'm uh, actually talking about the more recent film Dr. Sleep, which is a sequel, but again, written by the original author Stephen King, and it stars Ewan McGregor in the role of Danny, the child who has grown up and is an adult now, and it follows the events of their journey into adulthood and their struggle with their gift. Now, if you have seen The Shining, if you are a fan, you'll know that the gift they speak of is that thing which is called The Shining in that film, when the handyman who sat down with the little boy in the kitchen, talked to him about his gift to sense the supernatural, his clairvoyance, he called it The Shining. And Dr. Sleep continues on Danny's journey, and we meet others who have similar gifts. And, well, 
without spoiling anything, uh, let's just say others are put in danger when essentially a, a cult of uh, beings who are essentially energy vampires, people who, not really people, but beings that survive off of misfortune become involved. So uh, definitely, if you enjoy Stephen King, if you enjoyed The Shining, and for goodness sake, if you enjoy Ewan McGregor, definitely check out Dr. Sleep. It definitely puts a modern approach to the story from ages ago and uh, puts it into a setting of present day. Well, what else has been going on? I continue to work from home and we've received our latest extension putting us to the end of June and, um, well, those sneaky little rascals at the candy shop, those folks in management, they seem to think that they can trick folks into telling them when they've gotten their vaccination. Now, I don't know about you, but a long time ago I learned a little something called doctor-patient confidentiality. Now, the, um, term that's used in the legal sense is called HIPAA, and uh, I'm forgetting what the acronym stands for right now, but basically it uh, means that your personal health is your own private affair, and there really isn't much uh, people can legally do to require you to disclose your personal health. Unless it puts others in danger, of course. But, uh, getting back to my reality, I do not face the public at the candy shop. When I'm working in the office, I have to pass through a doorway with an access card. I have to enter hallways with cameras. And I have to use my access card yet again before I get to my desk. So I am not amongst the public, I'm not pushing a cart, not handling food, don't have to wear gloves, none of that. So I'm hard pressed to understand why the management team seems to think that my personal health is any of their business. And uh, you know, on a uh, added detail, um, <laughs> I am uh, shocked to realize, to come to the understanding, to become aware that uh, the management team at the candy shop uh, has been withholding information. And by that I mean the state of New York passed legislation at the beginning of this year that due to, uh, in light of the recent pandemic, employers are required by law to provide paid sick time. And, uh, well, let's just say that the candy shop like to put things into their own perspective. Uh, basically, you were allowed 
to be off the clock during business hours, so long as it was for the purposes of going to a doctor, and you could make up that time, and you would need to because it wasn't paid. Well, yes. So, um, <laughs> the withholding of the information is that uh, this was something that was passed in the beginning of the year, and for three months now, they have been hemming and hawing and basically saying, oh, well, we're not sure what the policy is on that, and yet it's easy to find it on the internal HR webpage. Hmm... How about them apples? Yeah, I know. I'm getting a little too close to uh, the third rail here. But, uh, you know, every once in a while, you just gotta vent. <laughs> like a volcano. You know how it is. Alrighty, folks. Um, well, you know, another thing that uh, occurs to me is that this past year has provided with uh, yours truly an opportunity to uh, put myself into a mindset of what it might have been like to have been uh, a stay-at-home parent. Uh, despite the fact that it doesn't seem to be in the cards for my husband and I to have our own family, I'm reminded of a period of my youth where my own father uh, gave up working in order to take care of me before I was old enough to attend school. It was basically decided that it cost too much for our family to have two cars on the road, so one of the parents would stay home, and of course that was Dad and Mike. And this past year has provided me with an opportunity to be with our kitty cats, to be at home, to take care of you know, domestic affairs, as they say, uh, tidy the place up. I mean, I'm probably saving on the cost of a maid, that's for sure, by doing it myself, of course. But uh, I think I have a better understanding of what it might have been like to have been my father. And uh, who would have thought it would take a experience like this this viral situation which has caused us all to think about our actions about our processes about life about how we often take for granted our ability to meet with others to give someone a hug to offer a shoulder to cry on certainly it means a little bit different when that can't be in person, but at the same time, maybe you are the sort of person that enjoys being out in the world and being able to spend most of your hours out of your door, and maybe before this last year, you were a social butterfly, and you met up with your friends for lunch every week, or you had dinner out with them. Maybe you were part of a book club, or you just had drinks together. Whatever the case may be, this past year has certainly helped you to consider what life might be like in someone else's shoes. And uh, I have used that 
time in this past year where I've been able to be in the comfort and safety of my own home to immerse myself in experiences to better and to further my own happiness. And that I do through my show with my co-host, Mr. Toppy Smelly, my nerd brother, my partner in crime, my co-host there at the Marionette Theater, and we get together every first and third Friday of the month at 9 p.m. Eastern, and this Friday, April 2nd, we're going to be discussing a early 2000s suspense thriller starring action series star Bruce Campbell, who you may have seen from such shows as Xena in the 90s, and Aussie Davis, who had a recurring guest role on The Cosby Show in the 80s. This film is directed by the man who brought you Phantasm, the horror show about the mysterious alien orb was out to get you. And it asks the question, what if two figures in history that we presumed had died in early age had nearly disappeared from public life? This film stars the king of rock and roll and America's youngest president assassinated in the 60s. What if these figures in history in today's day are living in a nursing home and a traveling exhibit loses its mummy. That's right. We'll be discussing the 2002 film Bubba Hotep next time on Matinee Minutia. So folks, uh, please drop by Matinee, M-A-T-I-N-E-E, Minutia, M-I-N-U-T-I-A-E dot com. Click the tower for audio and enter Discord for the chat room. I hope to see you there. And as always, you can tweet me on Twitter at DJ Starsage, and you can email me, djstarsage at gmail.com. How have you been spending your time this past year? Drop me a note. And as always, kisses from the carriage. Ta-ta. Oliver. This has been an Alibug production. Chubb's gone wild with Matt and Tom. Speak up. The Smellcast by Tommy Smelly. Be heard. Tastes like burning with Tim and James. Unique voices in podcasting. The Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti.